Hello, my name is Eric Kulik, and I've been cross-dressing to religious meeting houses of all sorts while standing for the marginalized and underrepresented and advocating for critical thought. I started cross-dressing to services on MLK Weekend 2013 because of some death threats received by Mormon women who had started an event called Wear Pants to Church Day the month before. As a result of my cross-dress visits, I was assaulted by Mormons and banned from all LDS church property and was excommunicated from the church while sitting in jail for trespassing and interfering with police charges, which were dropped by the DA after I released the audio recording that I made before getting assaulted and arrested. A googling of cross-dressing Mormon will produce the audio from that day. My Mormon wife abducted the kids as a result of this excommunication experience, and her Mormon lawyer helped her by telling her she was free to leave, even though the judge had already reopened the case to set aside the divorce. I'm currently embroiled in a legal battle for custody of the children as a result. I've decided to release the audio from all my visits to religious communities one by one in order to expose these common practices by the church and its members and to share my other experiences as I continue to do traveling ministerial work from one religious community to the next. Fortunately, most of the religious communities I've visited have been rather nice, so hopefully these visits will produce positive results as I continue to advocate for critical thought regarding all forms of dogma, especially political. I have set up a donation button at http colon forward slash forward slash e m as in michael k u l i c k dot wordpress dot com forward slash about and would greatly appreciate any support as I continue to cross dress the churches and advocate for equal treatment of all under the law. This is the LDS testimony meeting from the 45th Avenue Meeting House in Northeast Salem, where I was pushed aside by a member of the congregation who began to quote Galatians 1.6. This scripture frets over those who try to convert people to Christianity by way of other gospels, which pervert the gospel of Christ. This self-righteous passage of the LDS canon, which the man quoted, goes on to claim that such individuals who declare these other gospels will be accursed. Unfortunately, this man did not see the irony of the possibility that the message he was defending while cutting off my time at the pulpit was the other gospel being referred to in this purported epistle of Paul's. There were a few more testimonies after the interrupter, which offhandedly dismissed some of the claims I had just made, and then the meeting concluded. After the service, I was confronted by two elder gentlemen who debated with me for a while before admitting to being lawyers. They continued to engage me for a bit after their confession while defending the man who rudely insinuated that I was accursed, but it wasn't long before they were kicking me out of the building. Good morning, brothers and sisters. Um, happy to have you come to Maya. <laughs> um, Brother Lins is, uh, is presiding. Thank you. 
beautiful day. This house we have to live, we have to worship you in, and for all that thou hast done. We ask that thou will bless those who are not here for whatever reason that they may be comforted. Bless all those who are ill or otherwise afflicted. Bless those who will give testimonies today that they will do it under thy guidance and by the Spirit. And we do this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
my other release. Um, earlier, Mike Kelly, if you could stand. He thought he could get away with get out of there. So. Uh, we'd like to release uh, Brother Kelly uh, uh, for being a war missionary and gospel essentials instructor. And we propose that, that he be given a vote of thanks for his service. And uh, those who wish to
appreciate those who came before us to write those things down so that we can have them. And I leave that with you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Um, the time is now yours to, uh, to come up and, and bear your testimonies as well. Um, we'll continue until um, about five, uh, five after the hour. Uh, the following, the rest of the program will be as follows. Uh, we'll, after, after the prayer and testimonies, we'll um, sing from number 218. We give the deepa thymon, after which Sister Falcon will offer our benediction. Bond 
and my mother always smile, and I thought, I would certainly love to find Anna Frederica Folly, that's her married name. Her, her maiden name was Menke, M-E-N-K-E. Well, for 45 years, I've looked. <laughs> and the only clue that I had, you see, with German research, it's all about one must find the place of origin. And there, that we can know the larger area, which isn't a whole lot of help, because we need the specific place, the village, the church where the records are. And unless one has that, it's pretty well impossible. Um, and I'm, I'm blessed to have um, a friend who works in Salt Lake, the, the librarian. He knows the best German researchers in the world. And guess what? They can't solve it for you until you find the place of origin. So back to the story. The only clue that I had that was concrete was on her 1874 marriage record. And there was a signature in one of the witnesses, and it said the initial H, and then Menke, M-E-N-K-E, which was her maiden name. And then the name, standing by itself, G-R-E-W-E, which I believe you would say grave, but it looks like groove. So that was my big clue for 45 years. Well, with the tremendous um, joining hands efforts, people all across the world in the church, the, uh, there's a um, three and a half million um, entry record called German births and baptisms. It's by no means comprehensive for Germany. Nevertheless, it's a, a significant record. But um, I had no way of proving exactly who she was because all I had was a birth date. And the birth date that I used in that, in looking and searching that record did not exactly match hers, nor was the name exact, but it's very close. So it was so tantalizing, I could just, I could just taste it, but I couldn't prove it. So with her, I knew that on her marriage record that it was probably a brother or a, an uncle. And so I, I, I changed my focus and began to search Heinrich Menke and was able to find his record in St. Louis and his wife's. And her name, Henry Menke married a woman named G-R-E-W-E. So I knew I was on the right track. And then for the magical, the thrill, when I entered Heinrich's birth, birth date, up it came in German births and baptisms, and I noted those parents. Then I went over to the record that I suspected was my mother-in-law's uh, grandmother, and sure enough, the parents matched. Now, the little glitch was that um, Anna Frederica always went by the name Anna, but in the German record, her name was not Anna, it was Hannah. So just one letter off, instead of A-N-N-E, it was an H-A-N-N-E. But it was that brother's signature on that record that allowed me to figure out who she was. Turns out she's the youngest of seven, found the whole family found a bunch of relatives. I, I tell you this story because it's one of the thrills of my life. Um, they say, if you read about how authors write books, one of the one of the suggestions is make them wait. Make people wait to really figure out what happened. Well, I certainly had to wait a good part of my life to find this. And my, I was so, had so much joy, I had trouble sleeping. That's how excited I was. I am thankful to our 
pray, Heavenly Father, that he uh, extends the blessings of the gospel to all people and those who have not had the chance. Um, the blessings of the temple are extended to them. I was a little taken back to realize, because her name and her family had been extracted, that I think back in the 90s, because the temple work indicated having been done in the 90s, that those records were automatically sent to the temple. But that's all right. The thrill of the chase and having to wait that many years. There's one other family member that I still have not, and this is a more direct family member, but I know that everything will be out. My testimony is that our Heavenly Father loves each one of us. He loves those who have never had the chance. This is one of the hallmarks of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I give my testimony that this work is a true work that is restored um, by Joseph Smith. And this is the Lord's work, and uh, I'm grateful to have a small, a very small part in it for the joy that is mine and for my many bounteous blessings of friends and family. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. amen.
talked, as I was sitting here listening to Brother Robert's testimony, Phoebe talked about that he was talking about. My husband went as a leader, and Brianna was only 10 days old, and they left for like a week. But he left out the part that they got to meet um, President Faust. They got to go into his apartment and meet with him and see the prophet's newspaper. So um, that was a good trip to remember. Um, I just want to bear my testimony. Um,
Father loves each and every one of us that knows me. This is a human being that knows more about me than I could ever know about myself. And that he's, his love is unconditional and it's always there. And that he's always there for me.
um, say certain things. Um, I wonder where they come from. My palms were sweaty and my heart started beating fast and normally that is the spirit telling me to get up and say something. Um, I've gone through a lot of things over the last year and um, I too believe in the power of prayer more than anything and I can testify that if you believe even if you're not doing the things that you have to do that you will receive some amazing blessings in your life. And, um, I kind of say these things and I'm so very grateful for the church and um, unconditional love at all times and um, for Heavenly Father's love and guidance through um, many ups and downs that life gives you. And I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
Well, I guess it's still morning, isn't it? But anyway, my name is Betty Coker. I gently transferred in here from Lebanon, Oregon, Snowflake, Oregon. So I guess you are my family now. If you want me or not, I'm here. <laughs> but you know, I had the honor to meet Dave Miles the other, the other night, and his wonderful wife came to the door. They were celebrating their daughter's birthday. But he took time to, she took time to come to the door and to introduce herself. And I've had the wonderful opportunity already to meet our wonderful missionaries. I had in our home last night for a dinner. And what a spirit that they bring into your home when, when, you, when they come in. It's just an absolute an honor to be in this world. Um, my husband had to go ahead of me. Six years, six years ago, I lost the, my better half, but he is gone in one sense, but one sense, he's with, with me every day. I'm so, so blessed. And you know, when you have trouble, all you have to do is just read the Book of Mormon, or just remember Joseph Smith. Think how it must have been for him to be so young and to take the stand he had to take. And you know he had so many people that was opposed of, of him. And so you know, he is my guidance. Um, it should, we just cannot believe how wonderful our church really is. Because you know they have, through our prophet, has given us warnings that we're supposed to have the 72 hour kit appeared already. And I hope you have. And then we have these wonderful lessons from different members of our board that, that help us with our 72 hour kits. It's just our church prepare us every inch of the way. We are so blessed to have the leaders that we have in our church. And when we pray, we, we should pray for President Watson, but you know what? I mean, he has so much on his shoulders. I'm not, I don't have to have that. This man is the true, true man that God has given us to help us on our way to that so we can give back to him some someday. But anyway, I don't want to take any more time because I want many people to come up here. Because you know when we come up here, we are acknowledging our Heavenly Father, the blessing He has given us in our daily walk. And so I hope we have a I'll get a stream coming up here again. And I say these things to Jesus Christ. Amen. I love every one of you. Eric Kulik. Uh, I have a story also about Elder Irons in Faust um, and a trip that I took as well. Uh, when I was 21, uh, something happened in my state growing up on Long Island where a uh, young man about my age, he was uh, disfellowshipped and someone else was involved and this person was a high priest and temple worker. That person didn't have any formal official uh, punishment, like I said, disfellowshipment. Disfellowshipment. 
Um, and so I noticed the injustice in that. Uh, I currently now no longer see the issues that they were charged with as sin because I'm, I'm realizing that sexuality as, you know, as it is, is more actually an influence of hormones than it is for anything else, whether it be sin or something else that people want to think of it as. And this is a, a reality that's going on that we have to realize. I mean, there are people who were born with ambiguous body parts, and just that fact alone should show that people are, not, are born not being one or another. And if that's the case, then if there's a God who loves all, God will love that person too. So when I realized this, I've changed my views about whether I know God is this or the Book of Mormon is that, but I do know that when I read the Book of Mormon, like when I read Dr. Seuss or when I watched the Muppets, I do feel something touching me. Whatever that is, if that's speaking to some kind of inner truth or some kind of inspiration, that's great. I think it's great to seek out wisdom. But when I went out to Utah to go speak to a general authority, I, I got to meet Elder Featherstone, uh, his niece in an airport, actually. It was kind of strange how, you know, yes, Prayer somehow worked in a sense. I got to, to find people to help fix something and get leaders to come and fix and, and totally reform our state. And that's, you know, that's uncomfortable for a lot of people because people want to see order. They don't think that, you know, they can live in a planet where, you know, there isn't just one, you know, that there's only one true church. That's, that's strange. They only have one true church. How can we have that? Like the, the idea of revelation and, and all that stuff, it, it's... I get the desire to want to know why you're here, but like we don't have anything that shows it any more than anyone else. A good feeling is a good feeling. We should love everyone regardless of whether they believe. If a person wants to come and, and read the Book of Mormon, I still enjoy the Book of Mormon. I think there's a lot of good things in it. I've read it a numerous times throughout the years through through random studying and 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 probably half a dozen straight through itself. I mean, I do enjoy reading scripture and getting that wisdom, but it's that's not what it's all about. I've also recently started Gibson called Crossroads to Church Day, obviously, as you can see. I'm looking to get people to think about this stuff, to be able to open up their communities and to feel like they can be welcome in other places. You should go to visit other churches. This is, this is how we're supposed to be. We're supposed to love each other and welcome each other. And I'm glad that here I'm not kicked out. But I was kicked out of a Mormon church about a month or so ago. I was actually not kicked out until a little toward the end of a Jehovah's Witness church, my first time going to that last week. I'm trying to experience all different kinds of churches and trying to see the communities for what they're worth. And there's a lot of great people out there who understand scripture as well as if not better than Mormons because they study it regularly. Church of Christ, I went to that service for the first time a couple weeks ago. They go to church twice a week, like every week, almost every single member. I went in the evening and almost no one partook of the sacrament. I thought that like this was like a reverse well, communion, they call it there. I thought that was like a reverse that thing. Like, that... But it turned out they, no, they, they go earlier and they take it earlier. Great, good for them. That's, but that's the thing is, is that, you know, it doesn't make them more right or wrong just because they go to church more often. And whether or not the Book of Mormon is literally true, either way, there's wisdom in it. We've got to seek practical truth. This is the beautiful thing about the idea of, like, thinking about knowledge and wisdom is that it's always going to be there no matter what we do. We can seek, we can look, and whether it's from a Mormon church or from a Christian church or a Buddhist church or temple, you know, like, this is, this is the cool thing about being in a place like the Northwest, you know, where, where we have a little bit of emergence, you know, of different cultures. But, you know, there are some places where people will get kicked out of the wards or, or can't even stand to go to church because, they, because of leadership things. If we can just stop, I mean, for the first time, women prayed in general conference. In 2012, that was the first time 
I mean, it, it, that's, that's impressive that they finally did it, but, the, but it's, it's all happening quietly. There were women who did this thing called Wear Pants to Church Day, where they got death threats. That's why I started Crossroads to Church Day, uh, and it accidentally fell, fell on MLK weekend. And so now, I do this every Sunday. I go to all different churches. I, I go Saturdays, too, sometimes, because not everyone's Sabbath is a Sunday. And I get to really see things for what it is. You know, it's, it's nice. I'm, I'm glad that I'm meeting so many wonderful people out there. And I'm hoping that they continue to strive to be Christ-like. But to be Christ-like, you have to go after the one. You have to lose yourself to save yourself. You have to not be seeking after riches and glory. That's the one thing that I noticed about my own church and the Jehovah's Witnesses and the Catholics, you know, and a lot of other, like, more, like, authoritarian churches, is that they seek after glory. And, and, and it says, don't seek after that which moth or rust doth corrupt. The, the spear of that law would be to take that beyond to, to, to understand that it that applies to, to, to not even wanting to seek our own heavenly reward. Because if we're seeking our reward, 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 we have it. But if we can actually come together and just put down our assumptions, even if every single time someone gets up to, to bear the testimony, they're just speaking what they feel. That's, that's beautiful to be able to share that. And I just, I'm glad that I could have that here. Thank you. I'm sorry if it seems kind of rambly. But I'm just, I'm, I just so many things I want to say to you. And so many things I've been through. I've, I've walked from from Portland to Kaiser, from here to Eugene. I'm going to walk from Logan to Salt Lake and from Fort Collins to Denver, hopefully the end of the summer if I can get the money for it. I'm trying to draw attention to things that need to happen. Okay, you're done. Thanks. 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 You're welcome. This week in seminary, we were uh, talking about... uh, Thessalonians, and some of the things that uh, Apostle Paul was writing to the different saints. And actually, in uh, Galatians, he wrote them this letter because he was he was struggling to see what was happening. And he said, uh, "I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ into another gospel, which is not another gospel." But there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Jesus Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. I know that we have a prophet that leads and guides from Revelation. I know that we have a book of Mormon that teaches true principles. I know that we have priesthood that directs and leads our church as we're faithful to it. I know that the Spirit will guide us if we seek to understand the truth and follow that truth so that we are able to see truth for what it is and not be deceived by the things of the world. We have established channels of priesthood authority. They are men that know truth. And as we stand together, and teach truth. The Spirit will testify that our love for Christ will increase. Our love for the gospel will increase. We will increase in our godliness and become more like Him. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. I just wanted to share my testimony. My little son Ross is here, and I just wanted to share my testimony because I don't know if you've heard me tell my testimony that I know the Savior loves us, and I know that there's a reason each one of us has been blessed to come to earth at this time. 
In the last six months, I've suffered really bad depression. And I keep promising my Heavenly Father, if you help me to have the strength to endure this, I'll do anything you ask me to. And it's kind of interesting, because every time it feels like my spirituality is going south, it's when I get to experience this stuff. So I'm grateful, despite how hard it is, that I can endure mortality, because sometimes it's tough. My little son, Ross, gives me such happiness. And uh, he's a special little boy. He says, you know, Mom, I'm going to serve a mission. I'm going to baptize my dad. And I'm like, I'm going to take you up on that, Ross. And I never even thought about that. Having a son who's like, look, I'll baptize you. I'm like, wow, Heavenly Father, you're pretty cool to send me a little boy with that kind of a testimony spirit. I'm also grateful for my older son, Travis. He is afflicted with autism to the point. Um, it's amazing that he can talk. And to be trapped in a body like that is not fair. And as a mother, it helps me know that the Lord loves me enough to give me a child like that because I love him. Even though he tests me every day, sometimes he asks me the same questions a hundred times. I'm like, I'm just going to record this on a tape recorder and let him listen to it. So maybe he'll stop asking me these questions. But I found out if I swing him on the tire swing in our backyard, he stops asking questions. So I'm always out there all times of day pushing Travis on the tire swing. It's little, as funny as that sounds, something small like that that can give him happiness lets me know that having the gospel in my life is huge. I've taken it for granted because I was born in the church. I have an awesome mother who has faith and she believes in me. When things are hard, she'll say, I know my children will do great things. I don't know what she's talking about when it comes to me, but I do want to say that I'm grateful everyone came to church today. I know that there's other things that some people like to do, like sit out in the sunshine, but we can do that after church. I, uh, I'm thankful to be here, and I'm grateful for my blessings. And I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
we believe that we're in the last days. Now, as far as a human life is concerned, I'm not sure exactly how long it's going to be, but as far as time is concerned and God is concerned, there's not a lot of time left. And I know a lot of really good people who unfortunately are going to miss the boat because they're, they, you know, all the stuff in the world today that's not true, that's filtering in. And I would like to stand up here one more time today, as I will, I'm sure, many more times in my life, and let you guys know, for all those who haven't personally found it, this is the true church of God, the one true church. I've been to many churches. I've never heard anybody else stand up in front of the pulpit and say those exact words. And I challenge anybody, if they really think they have it, you know, then, then stand in front of your congregation and say those exact words. But right here, right now, I know from God, personally, to me, that this is the true church of God. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you all, and all those who uh, shared their testimonies. Um, uh, seeing in hymn number 218, uh, we give thee but thine own. I wish this Restored to us, and we're thankful that we are living in a time on the earth 
Mars has been restored, and we have everything we need to return to thee. We ask thy blessings upon us, and please help us to keep the Sabbath day holy that we might have thy spirit to be with us. We ask these things in the name of thy beloved Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I prefer constitutional law. I realize that the too strict of an interpretation of the First Amendment is actually a violation of the Fourteenth and Fifth Amendments due to uh, the issues with uh, equal protection clause, because uh, protecting someone's religion therefore doesn't protect someone's non-religion. So you're giving someone a benefit over someone else just because of a religious benefit. Well, religion does oftentimes produce moral guidance for people that can produce more upstanding citizens. It's not a guarantee. And belief itself is a lousy indicator of success. Love of the heart is a better indicator. That's why the Egyptians weighed the heart to the feather of truth, not some imaginary thing called a belief, which people then call a pseudo-knowledge because they think they know. No, thinking you know something more than someone else doesn't make it more so. I think that's the problem, that belief is great belief, when it's used properly. Belief is great when it's like a hypothesis, something to try to, like, it's something to hope for and unseen, trying to, like, look for something. Like, I don't know. I'm, I would love to see my dad again one day. He was a great guy. He got dressed up as Santa Claus every single year so often. That one year, a few years before he passed away of liver and bladder cancer, they just gave him the Santa suit. He went to pay and he he just said, they said, no, that you are Santa. He, he stopped smoking two packs a day and drinking like a fish. He loved Crown Royal. He, he married my mother, Jewish guy, joined the Mormon church. My mom was Catholic and born again. I realized that there's a lot of great wisdom and you're, you're missing out on opportunities when you have people getting up and being able to interrupt and stuff like that and, and as if that's a better way to stand and, and present myself. Well, he, no, he didn't, he didn't interrupt it. He was supposed to just take a minute or two. Well, yeah, but the way that it was done was, was, I think, a little bit of a, of a rude way to do it. I want you to know, I appreciate you did that. I appreciate what you said. Okay. I think, you know, that we all, if you listen to any uh, religion. Thanks for being with us. I appreciate your interruption. But, you know, we all have choices. And no, that's, that's not, agency, that's the problem. The concept of agency is not, that... We all have our choices here. Sure, no, I get that. Choices, no, I, I, and we listen to other people. We don't say that other people are not right. Well, you're saying They're that only... Right. No, that's, that's, that's just disingenuous. Right. No, I mean, that's, it's, it's, that's like... That's lawyering. I mean, that's. I mean, it takes one to know. I mean, that's what I am. Okay, that's I'm a law student, so I can tell you guys coming up on it like that. I can see. I get it. We, we all have. I get agency. I, and I, I get. But agency. The problem with agency, though, is, is it's not recognized at least conceptually by the church. Well, at least the way that it's, it's the way that the church administers. You, it's, you, it's you, have, you have a perception, and you also made. But, I, but the, the way to get that out there and to discuss it is to actually have this course, right? I mean, we began, we have to be able to think outside the box. How about some one simple change the church could make in addition to allowing women to pray uh, in, in general conference? Uh, well, in, in, besides in giving words, them leadership that. positions that are equal to men, is actually getting rid of this whole geographic assignment thing. Because there are great wards that you can go to. There are mediocre ones, and there are terrible ones. I've been to all of the above. I, I think I'm, and I've gentlemen here, I've probably lived 
I'm sure you guys have seen great ones and terrible ones too. Look, I'm not. I'm not saying you haven't. What I'm saying though is, is that uh, there are things. It changed God's laws. I went to Utah. I met uh, Von J. Featherstone, Irene, and Faust, and a 70 came out and overhauled. I can introduce you. I'm Facebook friends with the the, the the state president that took over. I can prove that that occurred. I mean, that happened. I also had amazing experiences where I went to the Don't Sacred Grove. I'm not excited. Like, I'm excited because I'm telling you about a great experience I had. I prayed and I saw the clouds opening up over the, the, the Paul Meyer pageant. Look, I under, the thing is, is, with me, I realize that faith can manifest things, but we're making far too many assumptions to say that God is the one doing something. Because whether or not he or she is, it doesn't matter ultimately. Because whether or not a person believes it or not, it's not going to change whether or not it is someone's belief is there or not, right? If God exists, God's going to exist whether you believe it or I believe it or he believes it, right? I mean, is it, well, I mean, this is important to people to hear and understand. That's why I want to say it louder. I mean, it, we, you get to have it mic through there. They, they tape the conference. You should, you should call headquarters and see if you can get to watch the, the conference when they came, the regional conference when they fixed my stake. It was great. They get, I've never heard better talks about, about authority not, have, not only in the, not being above the congregation, but being below because they're the servants and there's higher responsibility. So they're. Well, the thing is, that, when, they're we more held this, when we pass in this light, then we'll know the answers. But the problem, then, then why do people get denied entrance to the temple? Because they smoke or drink. Meanwhile, Jesus drank. He did. He so. drank wine. And it was alcoholic. I guarantee you that. How did you know? You weren't How do there. I know? Really? Why does that bother you? It even says in Scripture, he says that even he came into to drink and, and eat and drink. And then everyone is, you know. And like, he also said uh, about the wine. Okay, yeah. Oh, the wine. But well, guess what? That there's, there's a whole, there's a whole area in between that. It's a way of being responsible and dealing with issues when they come become issues and recognizing when they're not issues. Because just someone drinks doesn't make them a terrible person. It doesn't make them automatically like incapable of functioning as a human being. I'm sure you know plenty of lawyers who are. Yes, maybe they could do with a few less drinks, but they're. Well, I mean, they do their job and they do it well, right? I mean, what's that? You're worried about these things that, that mortality requires of No, I'm not. I'm not the one saying that you can't come into my repurposed masonry rituals to do to, if you don't do these things or do those ones. Then, if if they when they go to the temple, mm -hmm. there's absolutely no purpose for that person in there. They're not keeping the commandments. Well, that's, 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 that's a hypocritical because, because the, all Mormons generally, at least the ones in Utah who are, who are cattle like meat and potato folk, uh, they're disobeying the second half of the word of wisdom, at least in spirit, because it says to eat meat sparingly only in times of winter and famine. And with the food distribution system that we have that wasn't existing back in the time of the word of wisdom, it would mean that therefore we should probably almost never eat it. Because the only stipulations were because of in times of winter and famine. Those were times when it was hard to come by the, the nutrients we needed to survive. Now it's plenty. So maybe we should reconsider that. See, this is the problem with the church is that it thinks that, it's, that it doesn't defecate, but it does. Hey, you know what your problem is? What? Don't bother the church. I'm not bothering the church. I'm going to all churches. The church isn't the only church out there. And it has been the only one that has been the most hostile toward me. Even the Jehovah's Witnesses were nicest when kicking me out. I had some, a pretty bad experience my first time going in cross-dressed to a church. You're not listening to me. Well, I'm listening to you. Well, you're not. You're yelling at me. Don't call around. I, go ahead, tell me something. If you have something, well, please I, tell me. Truth. Now, the, the gentleman stood up uh, interrupt after me? you. No, he didn't. Well, he interrupted Yeah, he did. He did interrupt you. Right. And that's, an interruption is, is, is what I'm doing here, too. So there you go. Please continue. You interrupted me. 
exactly just like he did. So, so carry on. I am very much listening to you. The gentleman, one gentleman that stood up said, truth is truth. And you can't change it. But you don't know that you know truth over somebody else. That's the problem. That's our challenge. Right. Now, my challenge to you is that it looks to me like you're you're on a on a, a pace of destruction to yourself. No. See, you're, you're making assumptions because I, you don't know no, what degree no, to which no. I do or don't do something, said, and you're making assumptions. I said, I said that's what, I, what it seems to me. Why do you see that? Because of what you've been taught about what people can and cannot do, and with the greeting turned commandment that became something in the 30s no, that became a temple restriction no, that wasn't I, before, no, that Joseph Smith was guilty of drinking and smoking. He would ride around on horseback smoking cigars to tempt the, the saints. Brigham Young had probably the well, best well-stocked cabinet, liquor cabinet west of the Mississippi back in the day. I mean, we've got to be realistic about our own history if you want to talk history. But to me, it doesn't, history doesn't matter. What matters is whether there's a practical truth available or not. Wise man built his house upon a rock, foolish man on sand. How do you find it? My dad was a builder. You find out what the foundation is by, by digging or using some kind of technology to understand what is underneath that ground. Well, right? No, when I... But you need empirical, you need to be able to test that. This is the problem with, with, with belief is, is that to, to, to require belief of anyone is disingenuous because, you know, as long as someone's coming in part of your community, willing to be there part of, like, and, and work with you guys and be a family, that's great. If they're looking to come get wisdom and study with you and whatever they believe the Book of Mormon is literally word of God or more fictional than Dr. Seuss, it doesn't matter because if they're coming in and they really want to be part of that or maybe they just want to be there with their family and they just want to have the, to feel comfortable, there's a lot of wards that don't provide that. There's a lot that do, thankfully. I've seen it. Why are you worried about what we're doing? I'm worried because I have a wife and children still who I want to stay married to and I want to get married and continue polyamory, but I don't want the sexist type that Mormons used to practice. I want to see contract law change that way because if people can have contracts with vendors and, and have upstanding relationships, why can't people have that in their own lives? Do you think you'll be successful as an attorney? My goal isn't to be an attorney. My goal is to learn the law. And I'm learning it quite well, actually. I'm looking to use it. I'm looking to. I, I'm looking to make society better. I don't guys, care about. Could you guys take this out and yeah. for you? Yeah. I don't care about whether or not I succeed economically. That's what Jesus said: "The flowers of the field worry not." The whole idea about losing oneself to be saved is looking out for others over self. That's why when Iring and Faust came out and they said the servants are below, that's why they said that. You should look that talk up. It's a good one. joining your ward again. Okay, are you going to head out? I will eventually, but you don't need to kick me out of the building. I am a member of this church. If the church wants to do something, it must do it officially. I'm sorry, I'm going hard of hearing. That's why I talk loud. Proceeding was a recording of one of my experiences while cross-dressing to religious meeting houses. If you like what you heard, feel free to give whatever you can at http colon forward slash forward slash e Amazon Michael, K U L I C K dot WordPress dot com forward slash about. Thanks for listening. Maybe I'll see you at church.